0: Okay, well, (laughs) well, this feels a little bit weird. Um, For those of you who have been listening to this podcast from the very beginning, you have probably noticed that there has been a significant gap in between this episode and the previous one. And I do wanna get into that, and that's partially going to be what I talk about in today's episode somewhat of mental health but mostly coping with a disease like mg and so i just kind of wanted to skip the normal introduction just kind of jump right into it because i think today's episode is just going to be a return to our normal routine and i wanted to talk about why i ended up taking a break and unfortunately, with not having any sort of Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, it's it's hard for me to communicate exactly why I was doing that without doing a full episode to say, I'm going to be taking a break. But the first thing, and I think the most important one, is to just kind of say that I, I do apologize for the individuals that were listening to this podcast regularly and actively showing their support and sharing it, I do want to say thank you. And if you are listening to this episode, you know, in real time, then I also want to say thank you for sticking around and tuning back in. So, you know, why did I take a break? Well, There are a lot of reasons and I won't necessarily get into everything because there's a lot of personal things, but I do kind of want to take a step back and and talk about, once again, my experience with MG. Um, If you're listening to these in order, then you've heard this multiple times. But if, again, if you're listening to these as they are released, you probably have forgotten a little bit of my story which is totally fine i don't expect you to remember but the way that mg happened for me was that i basically was sitting in bed about to go to sleep for the day and my girlfriend looked at me and said what is what's wrong with your eye and i said i don't know what are you talking about i feel fine and she said no your eyelid is drooping and we again thought that i was having a stroke but that moment is when my life changed probably for good now you know we could make the argument and go back and say well i have had that thymoma they believe for probably 10 years plus i'm 20 uh, 27 now And they believe I've probably had it since I was maybe 15, 14, something like that. And so you can make the argument that I've always had this. I just didn't know. But as far as when I look back at when MG officially changed my life, it was that moment. I can remember everything about that day. Um, And that moment was when all of the plans that I had in life, basically every single one of them now had a question mark at the end of it. And I'm sure for many of you listening, you all have had that experience at some point in your journey with MG, whether or not you've had this your whole life since you were a kid, or if this is new. I know MG tends to be kind of a late onset condition so most people don't know they have it until much later in life so many of you listening probably have also experienced that where everything that you had thought you know oh, I'm gonna be able to do this next year or next week or in five years you know this is my goal now all of a sudden you're not sure if you're gonna be able to do it anymore and that is kind of a scary thought and that is essentially the main reason why i ended up having to take a break because for me coping with something means being able to kind of fully wrap my head around everything and get really involved in things and in the process of doing so I created this podcast and I wanted to be able to share my experience, other people's experience, and some of the knowledge that I was learning with the community who may not have, you know, been able to do this research or, you know, not not have known some things. And so my method of coping was to do this podcast. The problem with that was because i jumped so headfirst into doing this which i still don't regret by any means but i never actually allowed myself to process what this meant for me personally and i think that that's a really important thing for everyone to be able to do to be able to take a step back to process Is extremely important and I never actually allowed myself to do that. So while I was using the podcast to cope, I wasn't doing it in a healthy way because I was actually distracting myself from actually processing it and accepting it and and really thinking about it for myself. So this time that I've taken off has really been beneficial for me to kind of get all the anger out, to get all of the sadness and the confusion and everything. You know, I, I basically have had time to kind of accept that there are going to be changes to my life and now that I've had this time I feel that I'm more comfortable with being able to talk about my experience and talk about this condition which again for me it seems like it's going to be well, obviously it's lifelong but it's it's effects on my body are are clearly going to be around for quite some time and some people go into remission and that's fantastic as of right now it doesn't appear that that at least the symptoms that I'm experiencing have any indication that they're going to go away anytime soon. So again, that, that time to process, I think is extremely important. And so as we kind of ease back into the routine of this podcast, I think it's important to, to kind of take a step back. and I'm saying this to you as a listener, whether you have MG or a family member or a friend or a coworker whoever, whether, you know, take a step back and think about what it actually means for you and whether or not you have been able to actually process what that means and and kind of uh, think about your means of coping with it. And so today's episode is going to be a little bit about coping mechanisms and what are healthy ways of doing that and what are unhealthy ways of doing that. So, first of all, I think it's important to understand what a coping mechanism actually is. And in in the world of, I guess, therapy, and, you know, kind of mental health. In terms of dealing with a stressful situation or especially something like a disease like this, a, a coping mechanism is a conscious decision, a, an action that you can take to help you to deal with that situation, to help you to, you know, manage the anxiety, manage the stress and they are actual actions that you make on a conscious level that you, you decide this is what I'm going to do to manage this stress. Whereas something like a defense mechanism is completely unconscious. It's subconscious. Most people have no idea that they're doing them. And a lot of the times a defense mechanism is usually going to be anger or lashing out at somebody for asking, you know, asking questions about a condition and you respond with anger or something like that. And so while today's episode is going to be about ways of coping with a situation in a healthy way, I think it's important to understand that difference and i think that a lack of proper coping or healthy coping mechanisms will ultimately lead to unhealthy defense mechanisms and i i do think that if you haven't had a way of processing something or if you haven't successfully learned how to cope with mg in this instance then that's going to lead to unhealthy defense mechanisms because if you're not okay with something then it's going to be really hard to you know be non-defensive when when people ask you questions and i myself am personally guilty of that as well because i became so overwhelmed with my condition then the people that meant really well by asking me questions and and trying to be there for me i ended up almost pushing them away sometimes because you know they were asking me questions and i didn't want to deal with them because i myself was still learning to process those things so keep that in mind that there those are two very different things but they do go hand in hand now there are two different kind of categories of coping, and and I did not know this off the top of my head. This is after having done some research on healthy ways to cope. But there are two different categories of coping. The first is called adaptive coping mechanisms. And these are generally the good ones, the preferred way of coping with a stressor. But the second one is called maladaptive coping. And these are actually the unhealthy ways, the bad coping mechanisms. And regardless of what it is you have, the way that you go about coping with your condition is going to fall under one of those two categories. It doesn't matter what you list, it's either going to be adaptive coping or maladaptive coping. So first, Let's talk about the maladaptive ones, the negative coping mechanisms. And just a few of the ones that have been listed are, I'm just gonna name them and kind of describe them. The first is escape. And this is, I believe, the way that I actually was was trying to manage my MG for a while was, was the escape. And this is basically, removing yourself from the real world trying to you know isolate yourself and just kind of spend time away from people and the thought process here is that if you if you take yourself away from a situation then it doesn't exist and this way of kind of being in solitary isolation you can still do beneficial things but it's important to understand that being around other people is incredibly productive and it can help you manage all stress it can help you you know almost get through any situation but a lot of people will kind of withdraw themselves from from the real world and 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 kind of isolate themselves inside their own head. And whether or not you actually are staying home is completely different from, from isolating your emotions from other people. And so that is kind of the first and probably the most common of the negative coping mechanisms. The second one, however, I think is something that we all do even if you have successfully managed your condition, and that is unhealthy self-soothing. And this could be, you know, this could be anything, but some of the examples are, you know, overeating or binge drinking or, you know, excessively doing a particular activity, something like video games or even something that could seem healthy if you do it. Over, you know, if you go overboard, then that could be considered unhealthy self soothing. Like even something like reading. If you, if you read, you know, one a month or something or a week, then that's probably fine. But if you normally were reading a book a month and then when you got sick, now all of a sudden you're reading 10 books a month or, you know, a book every other day, then that could be an example of of a negative form of coping, which it doesn't seem like that, you know, something like reading, but if you were to say overeating or or especially drinking or something like that, then that's going to be considered an unhealthy addiction. And if that addiction turns into a habit that you're using to cope with a condition like this, then it could be something that you are you are using as a coping mechanism that may not actually be all that healthy. Now, the next one is kind of along the same lines, but much more severe, and that is called numbing. And this is, again, kind of similar, but, but basically what's happening here is you're using a particular behavior to actually drown out the thoughts that you're having about the condition so again while unhealthy self-soothing is kind of doing something healthy that turns into an unhealthy addiction numbing is kind of something that completely depresses your emotions about this particular thing and that tends to be again alcohol even drugs sometimes even something like junk food or something like that they can be ways of suppressing your emotions and literally trying to almost hide from what's actually going on. So again those two things sound very similar but they are actually quite different and one tends to be much more severe than the other. The other ones are compulsions and risk-taking and then finally self-harm. Now Compulsions, risk-taking, that kind of things, you know, those are pretty self-explanatory. Things like gambling and and drugs and stealing things and reckless driving, that kind of thing. Those are all things that, you know, obviously you basically have no longer a regard for your own life. So now you've started to kind of, you know, allow yourself to have these compulsive behaviors that, that just maybe try to get you some adrenaline back in your life or something like that. And obviously those are very not not so good things to be doing, but they can obviously be extremely dangerous. And so if you are coping with something like MG, with something that is also putting your life in danger, then clearly this is probably the category that you're gonna fall into. Um, And the last one is self-harm. And obviously, I don't need to explain that one too much. But if you are experiencing those types of behaviors, then most likely, you probably are going to need to seek out some sort of professional help to help you. Because obviously, the stress of this condition is just is just way too much. And you need to learn the proper ways to cope with the condition. So again, those are kind of the unhealthy mechanisms that again are called the maladaptive, basically ways of coping, but not adapting to the condition. But like I said, there are there is a second category and coping in a bad way is obviously a bad thing, but coping in a good way is extremely beneficial. And the number one, and I repeat, the number one best way that you can cope with something is support, and this obviously means getting support from outside individuals, whether or not this is our friends and family, whether or not it's professional, but getting the help to help you process outside of your own head is a phenomenal way to deal with the condition. I myself have a phenomenal support system, um, everybody I see checks in on me almost every time I see them. And for a while, I was kind of coping in the negative way and using that as a... It was, it was overwhelming to me, it was, it was something that I was looking at as a negative. But once you've taken that time to process everything, that level of support quickly becomes something that you realize is is invaluable. That having those people that are there thinking about you and checking on you, it's the best thing that you can have. And so if you're anything like me and you initially responded to that negatively or especially with something like you know, anger or sadness or something like that, you know, then you should probably take some time to think about everything and realize that not everybody gets that level of support. And, and being able to talk to people that are not in your own can be a phenomenal way of coping, especially if it's professional help, something like that. The next, you know, most common way of coping with something is actually considered relaxation. And this could be anything from either meditation, which a lot of people will do, to things like stretch or even walking in nature or listening to your favorite music or even reading a really good book, something that you really enjoy to just kind of de-stress. And again, I mentioned those two things kind of correlate with the whole unhealthy self-soothing is there is a level of that relaxation that can become unhealthy if you become addicted to that one method. So it's important to kind of, you know, alternate the the things that you're doing. It's okay to go out and listen, or, or, you know, go out and walk around and go on a hike. But if you start to realize that you're encountering maybe a stressful day and you drop everything you're doing, and now I have to go out or I have to hike or I have to go and and shelter myself in my car and listen to music you know then that could be considered unhealthy but so it's okay to use those types of practices to help you get through something and to deal with the stress and to just kind of relax at the end of a day but it's, a, it's also important to realize when you might be doing too much of that or if it's starting to affect your day-to-day activities, you know, going to work or, or something like that. So it's important to understand when you are going overboard with something like that, but relaxing, you know, meditating, stretching, music, that kind of stuff. Those are really good ways of managing. Another one is problem solving. And this is basically allowing your brain to work through a problem. And to to figure something out, giving your brain a purpose can can really help with coping. I know I, I it all made perfect sense to me because I started to crave learning when I got sick, and I don't know why that was, but I I started my brain went into hyperdrive to try to find something that it could latch on to, and and you know, to, to learn something new and to solve a problem, to do this kind of stuff. Believe it or not, I, I got really into solving Rubik's cubes recently. I'm not phenomenal at it by any means, but just the action of having a puzzle that your brain can really think, I think is really helpful. And, and learning something new, that kind of thing really helps to give your brain something new to focus on. So I think that that's that's really a a good method that I personally found myself doing a lot of as well. The next one is actually humor. And in the article that I'm reading, which again, I will link to down below, but it literally says making light of a stressful situation may help people maintain perspective and prevent it from becoming overwhelming. And this is, I think, absolutely true. Once I was able to move past the the initial shock of it and starting to kind of joke around about it and say, well, you know, I can't do, you know, oh, I can't go take out the trash because I got MG, so you're gonna have to do, you know, this stupid stuff like that. But, but you know, making light of those types of things are actually considered healthy ways of coping because what it does is it shows that, that you are You have processed what's going on, and it isn't such a debilitating fear that it overwhelms you. Being able to kind of joke around about something so serious, uh, especially for some of us, is actually considered healthy. And now, obviously, you don't want to be offensive. You don't want to, you know, make people question whether or not you're really okay, but making subtle jokes or being able to talk to someone, you know, in a, in a lighthearted way is, is actually a, a good thing. So if you, or a family member, you know, that has MG, if you find yourself making those types of jokes, it's okay to, to realize that those are, those are healthy things. Now, the last thing, uh, which is kind of ironic for us, the last one is actually physical activity. And this says I'm just going to list it. It says running, yoga, swimming, walking, dance, team sports and many other types of physical activity. Now, obviously, you and I both know that that is extremely difficult for us. But I do think it's important because especially for us, if you're able to get up and do something, regardless of what it is, I feel that for us we get we get the benefit from that twofold because not only are you able to relieve some stress and and get your body back into shape but we get a second kind of layer of maybe dopamine because your brain has been so conditioned to realize that there are physical things that you will no longer be able to do that being able to check something off of your, your checklist, whether it be a hike you've always wanted to do or something like that, that gives us so much more of a dopamine reward that I think this is probably the best thing we can do. Now, obviously we need to be safe. We can't just go out and say, today I'm going to run a marathon because that's not gonna end very well for you. But understanding that activity can be a really good coping mechanism is, is a really good thing for us because it's something that you can work towards and understand that, that you're going to get even greater of a reward from from doing that as well. So that's kind of where I'm going to end off is I, I wanted to to jump back in here and explain where I've been and hopefully you know you will understand that that these are all natural things that we've all gone through and you know again I kind of was doing a lot of a lot of good and a lot of bad in terms of managing my own stress but after I'd had that time some of the negative things I was doing have quickly turned into some positive things. I've kind of accepted everything and I have started to do some of these more healthy things without even realizing it. And that switch, it it almost felt like, you know, someone f- turned on the lights and I went from the negative to the positive. And my brain started to seek out those things naturally. I started exercising again. I started joking about the condition. I started learning new things like the Rubik's cube. I started doing, well, now I'm doing the podcast again, but you know, listening to some of my favorite songs and all sorts of stuff, just, just everything kind of came back into place. And in doing the research for this episode, I literally had a moment where I said, holy cow, you know, I've done almost all of these, okay, not all of the negative things, but many of these negative things without even realizing it. And all of those things, after I had the time to, to fully process, all of these things came back from the negative list to the positive list. And I think that that was an extremely eye-opening thing for me as soon as I started to say, okay, I'm ready to do the podcast. Let's do it about coping. And then I read the list of things. It's just, it's unbelievable. So again, that's kind of just where I'm going to end off today. I, let's see where I left off. I was doing episodes on Tuesdays. I'm going to see if I can get back into that routine of doing once a week. We'll see. I don't want to I don't want to overwhelm myself with anything just I do think I have a lot to update you with in terms of my own condition. I also know there are still quite a few of you that were interested in doing an interview and telling your story. I'm going to do my best to get those going and, you know, try to record a backlist of them. So, well, hopefully I'll have time for all that moving forward, but you know, I just wanted to jump in here share this information with you and my my homework for you is to think about what you do in you know any habits any hobbies any anything you might do and categorize them are they the adaptive coping the good coping or is it maladaptive is it a bad way of coping and see if you can pick out the bad ones, and figure out how you can turn those into good ones. If you're, let's say, for example, you're doing something that could be considered an unhealthy addiction. Again, not a negative thing that you could be doing, like reading or journaling. But if you're doing too much of it, you know, think about, think about whether or not is it relaxation or is it unhealthy self-soothing. So that is my homework for you. I have been doing that myself for the past few months. So now it's your turn. I just wanted to again say thank you all for sticking around. If you're listening to this multiple years down the road, you're probably like, what are you talking about? Um, But there has been quite some time. So, you know, thank you to everyone who has stuck around. And I will talk to you next time in the next episode.